Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm ready to dance today on this lovely Tuesday morning. I'm not dancing with, with a uh, stranger, though. I'm dancing with my best friend, Michaela Gordon. How you doing? I know that's right. Hi, honey. It's we're, Tuesday. We're coming in hot. I feel like we both just started screaming into our mics. Well, it's Tuesday. We it's have three a, days it's off. It's a long weekend, and then all of a sudden we get really hyped to get back on the air. Because that's how we get. we need attention. <laughs> you know, this weekend something happened to me, Michaela. Tell me. The only time I usually get recognized for this show is if I'm uh, in the locker room at the gym. And e- someone hears at Equinox voice. in West Hollywood. And I'm talking to my partner and somebody hears my voice. I'm in a towel every time. And this weekend, somebody pops around who is also in a towel and says, hey, I just want, I'm like blow drying my hair, right? Yeah. It's like, hey, I just wanted to say, I love your show. Uh, and I was like, wait, what? Come through. I would have I shaken his hand, but then I would have been probably naked because my towel would have fall, fallen off. So, but whoever you were, if you're listening... You made my day, so thank Wherever you Wherever you are, thank you, honey. Every time it happens, I uh, if my fiance hears, I kind of look at him and kind of like grin at each other and give each other a nod. I'm like, hey, <laughs> I'm famous today. What's up? That's so cute. Well, we did have a long weekend uh, celebrating Martin Luther King's legacy yesterday and every day, of course. I, I like... celebrated my birthday, let's Well, you, you did do that. You're always the priority. But you did post, uh, you posted something on social media that a lot of people posted. It, it basically, to paraphrase, says, hey, live, live what MLK Jr. was about, 360. 65 days a year don't just post a quote one day out of the year yeah so i didn't post anything not even a quote didn't do it good taking a stand yeah take a stand (laughs) no but in all honesty let's all be better uh we have a fantastic show coming up for you we're kicking things off with a conversation about what type of parent do you think you would be if you don't have a family just yet i have an idea what kind of dad i would be i have an idea what kind of mom you would be Maybe we should tell each other live on the air. Uh, would you be a yes parent? Uh, there's a reason we're having this conversation, and this we're going to share that. Yeah, this story. <laughs> this mom is like, she's out of hand. Also, on today's show, we're going to be joined by a, a couple of experts. Dr. Amesh Adalja is uh, calling in to talk about the Omicron variant. Uh, has it peaked yet? Uh, here in Los Angeles, across the United States, if not, when? Uh, what's the future of COVID-19 from their perspective? Also, Doc Halligan is joining us, our, our in-house celebrity veterinarian. We talk about dogs a lot on this show, but we're going to be talking about cats. No. Uh, are they actually as evil as I think they are? Listen, every cat lover is listening to us and they want to destroy our lives. Well, but cats, uh-huh. freaky-deaky mm-hmm. me out. They are like 
mean. Don't trust him. Well, there's a story of a cat holding an item hostage, and we're going to ask Doc mm-hmm. Halligan about that today. So we have a fantastic, really Little fun psychos. show coming up for you this beautiful Tuesday. Right now, though, it's time for some news on the beat. Michaela, what's happening around right. the world? Well, new legislation went into effect in California requiring health insurance to cover the costs of at-home test kits for sexually transmitted infections, including HIV, syphilis, and chlamydia. Senate Bill 306, also called the STD Coverage and Care Act, it passed both chambers of the California Assembly in September and was signed into law by Governor Gavin Newsom in October. It made several health care updates to California's codes, specifically related to changes lawmakers felt necessary in light of the COVID-19 pandemic, including finding ways to address the rising STI rates in California. Currently, residents in Alabama and the District of Columbia can request free STI test kits from public health departments, but insurances are not legally obligated to cover the cost. All right, another news. In recent months, the mobile COVID-19 testing tents and vans have sprouted on urban sidewalks and street curbs as demand has skyrocketed in response to the rapid spread of the Omicron variant. Some of the sites run by private companies offer legitimate, timely, and reliable results, but others are more like weeds. Fake testing sites put consumers at risk for identity theft, inaccurate or missing test results, and financial losses if they're charged for the tests, which are typically free to consumers. Although test operators routinely ask consumers for health insurance information, asking for credit card numbers is not routine. Individual consumers typically do not have to pay out of pocket for a COVID-19 test because it is covered by insurance or by the federal government for people who are uninsured. However, some people are charged if the test isn't ordered by their doctor, is a rush service, or is performed by an out-of-network provider. It's really fascinating to me because I'm sure you've seen this all throughout Los Angeles. There are little tents on and sidewalks and lines of people getting free COVID tests all over the place. There's yeah. like two or three right down the street from me. And it's almost like we're living in two different Americas. I talked to my mom. She lives down in Florida oh, for the winter. And she's never had a COVID test. Just never had one. Yeah. She's like, I don't even know where I would go. Yeah. I don't think they're doing them back home. They're not doing them down here in Florida anywhere. And she goes, I think I've had it before. What's the one where you had it in the past? And I said, antigen, mom. It's a PCR and antigen. She goes, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of curious to know. It's 100%. We live in two different worlds. I have friends that live in Florida. And I have friends that live in other states. And they're not doing anything. I've had at least 40 or 50 tests since the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, yeah. And just my mom, not a single one. And I think a lot of people are in the same boat. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. All right, let's get into a little weather. It's going to be a high of 36 in New York, 64 in L.A., 61 in Vegas with heavy rain. I wonder if that's going to come on over here. It didn't rain very much this weekend, though. It did rain the night before, uh, Sunday night, maybe. I woke up Monday morning to take the dog out, and it was pretty wet. I love when it rains. I do, too. I do. We're mostly out of severe drought. Almost the entire state is. That's amazing. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. All right, 73 in Palm Springs, 73 in Houston, 54 in San Francisco, 48 in Seattle, 41 in Chicago, 52 in St. Louis, and 73 in La Quinta. Now give us a vibe of the day. Today is your opportunity to build the tomorrow you want. Mm-hmm. Love Plant that. those seeds today and water them. I love that. That's perfect. All right, coming up, are you a yes parent? You won't believe what this mother allows her child to do. And it makes us question what kind of parents we're going to be. We'll discuss next. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. Is it insane 
to never say no to your children. Is it insane that Lisa never says no to me? Okay, so that's relatable, <laughs> and that is actually very accurate. No, she does. She has boundaries now after seven years. Well, this one woman, uh, her name is Biba, uh, and she is currently living in Portugal. I spent some time there this summer, as you know. My good friend, uh, Therese, lives there, and they definitely parent differently over in Europe. That's one thing You know I what, though? They do everything different in Europe, and I'm about it. They take, like, siestas in mm-hmm. the middle of the day. They drink well, that's, wine. That's, that's Spain, specifically. But they do. Yes, they sure and do. And I want that work week. It's great until I you're quit. vacationing in Barcelona, and everything shuts down in the middle of the day. That was a little bit weird for me, but mm-hmm. it, was, it was a great opportunity to go to the pool every day, which I yes. did. Yes. Uh, but Biba, uh, she is a, 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 she's a, a self-help coach. She's an author. And she's also 40 years old and the mother to two young children. Uh, Now, this is really fascinating because she's getting some flack. Her kids now are four and seven, okay? And she does not say no to them at all Mm. for anything. One of her children, like one of her kids likes to stay up till 10 p.m. at night and have mac and cheese for breakfast every day. And she says yes because she thinks that saying no builds like this sort of character trait in children where they're constantly being rejected their entire lives. Hmm. She's also, and I think this is kind of important, she's also a single mother. You know, I immediately, when I heard this story, was like, immediately no, immediately no. And then I was reading in the article that one of her children asked her, uh, can I watch YouTube all day today? And she said, yes, you can. And then the baby came back to her after two hours and said, Mm -hmm. my head hurts and I don't feel good. And she said, okay. And so she's trying to teach them to be in tune with their body and really understand what they do and they do not like. And I will say, although this sounds crazy, I don't believe in the... Uh, parenting most have done our entire lives. The helicopter parent that like well, oversees there's everything. The helicopter and, parent, mm-hmm. the parent that says no to everything. Because I feel like in what she explains is that's when your children become very rebellious. I will say my sister-in-law is very lenient with my niece. And my niece is my favorite person she's only five but she like talks like a grown-up she has opinions she's really smart and i think it is a lot because my sister-in-law treats her like her bff like a grown-up like and i think that's really helpful well her her thought process is that the more strict you are as a parent the more the kids are going to rebel later in life true to some degree i do agree with that right I I do, though, believe that there have to be boundaries. I understand we don't want our kids thinking no is the way always. But I was raised by a single mother. And granted, we have our issues, and I've been going through my own stuff in therapy. But I always knew. My mom didn't say no to me a lot. But part of that was because I was raised to respect her enough to know what to ask for. But also, do you think the way that this woman is raising her kids, there's already a lot of respect there because she's respecting them? Possibly, but I don't think a four-year-old deserves your respect in every single scenario all day long. If it's bedtime, it's bedtime. Because also, one of the downsides to never saying no is is there's no structure. And kids do want structure. It's like, how, okay, so this is good. You have dogs, I have a dog, mm-hmm. Right. If there wasn't some sort of a routine or structure in place for them, your whole life would be thrown off, 
right? I feed my dog at a certain time because I know that means 20 to 30 minutes later, he's going to go to the restroom. I know that when it's time to go to bed, we take him out and he's ready to go to the restroom. And I know when he wakes up in the morning, he's ready to go to the restroom. There's a schedule there. And without some sort of, some sort of boundaries, I feel like if we were just told we could just come to work whenever we wanted every day, you yeah. and I would show up at different times and there wouldn't be a show. I mean, So listen, to some degree. As a singer, which I am first and foremost, I will say, to your point, I get to live a very free kind of life. I can go sure. to sleep whenever I want. I can wake up whenever I want. Until I can gig whatever I want. Until there's a specific goal. But, You're putting together an album now, and that wouldn't come together. Absolutely. Yeah. But as much as I love the freedom of being an artist, I do not do well without structure. Yeah, I've same. I've learned that about same. me. Like, I will be off the walls, free balling. Yep. Like, I cannot. And I've just learned that over the years. Mm-hmm. I think it's what's actually stood in my way a thousand was percent agreed. not having structure yep. and focus so to your point i definitely so, and agree so if you have none of it as a child how do you know how to create it as an adult my partner and i our 2022 resolution is to be more more organized and we have a to-do list a running to-do list on our refrigerator every day and we have a dry erase board with our entire month schedule and literally yesterday we created a, a, a calendar so that our entire team knows where we are and what we're doing just we're getting busy there's starting to be some you have conflicts to. You so have yeah to. i hear you Uh, All right, coming up, you're getting married in July, and I have my speech ready, but listen to what this best man did at his friend's wedding and why it went wrong. Coming up next. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. All right, so my wedding is right around the corner. Not really, uh, but it's in June. And I know Michaela said July a moment ago. That's because that's when her album comes out, and that's the most important thing in the world to her, as it should be. Thank you, my love. Your wedding, though, is extreme importance. And I actually watched Bridemaids the other day and prepared my... I'm like, my speech is ready. It's going to be so good. So you're giving um, a toast at some point mm-hmm. to the couple of the decade, mm-hmm. Emil and AJ. Yeah. So the idea is that... Because my, my best woman... Although it might actually be Michaela in the real world. My best woman technically is my best friend from childhood, my friend Elena, who you are going to love. You guys are very similar, actually. You're both wild in the best way possible. But we've asked Michaela and our good friend Lacey Mosley. You might recognize her from iCarly or Black Lady Sketch Show. Uh, We've asked them to recreate the toast from Bridesmaids. Okay. It's gonna be so. So good. we need you guys to stick to the script because you, if you go off script like this guy did, there could be hell to pay because the internet is divided over this man. A best man speech backfired when he made a joke about the groom getting married a second time. He opened it up with, uh, "Good to see you all again." <laughs> welcome back. Or welcome back. <laughs> no. Okay, so I've been I've been to weddings where a, a second wedding where. The speech was similar to this, and we all thought it was funny. But if you're the bride or the other groom, was this person straight? I think it was a straight wedding, right? Eh, they still happen. If you're the other person, it's your fir- it's your first wedding. I could see how that might might be very offensive. Oh, get over it! Listen, I think that's so funny. I would laugh so hard because here's why: it is your second marriage, and Nothing gives you more power than acknowledging it 
and laughing at it and letting it be what it is. Yeah, but is it is it is it the the groomsman's job to get that joke <laughs> in, or is it the wife or the husband? Because that's a lot. I mean, I think that if you're taking it personal, you're not over the last wedding. Like you. I, I just, I, I don't know. I just don't have that personality. And maybe it's because I'm too self-deprecating, which is something I'm working on. But I I, th- I think it's just funny. Let it be funny. Well, it's addressing the elephant in the room, which I'm sort of okay with. Yeah. But I don't want my wedding celebration to kick off with everybody Welcome thinking back. about my ex as opposed to my new partner. But I don't think they're thinking about the ex. I think they've all been there. At the same time, together for something else. Mm-hmm. And it just, in a humorous way, is like, I know, I get it. It's not deja vu. But on the flip side, it does kind of take uh, the air out of the room and the conversation. So the conversation shifts then because if you're already, say, say you're on the bride's side of the family. You might have some reservations. Older people in particular might have reservations that the groom has been married before and that it didn't work out. And you don't want that to happen with your loved one, right? So in in that way, maybe the groomsman making this joke at the top of his speech makes him the a-hole and takes some of the heat off of the groom. So he might actually be doing exactly what a best man should do. Kind of. Take the heat off the groom. Totally. Listen, my dad's been married four times. Okay? Four. And when I when I break it down, uh, it's wild. People don't understand. Like, wait, four times? His first wife died. His second wife was crazy and used to lock his kids in the closet. His third wife was my mom, also crazy, but God love her. And then his fourth wife, he's been married to for like 30 years now. So he really got three out of the way pretty quickly and then moved on. So it does it's not as bad as it sounds, but I would imagine by marriage two, three, four, somebody's making a joke somewhere. You have to. You have to. At, at that point, you're treading into like... Victor Newman territory. Like you're a soap opera character. Like four weddings is a lot. Okay, so I, as you guys know, I've been going to therapy with my dad. Today is our second therapy session. Tomorrow's going to be fun for us. And tomorrow's going to be be a blast. (laughs) Um, But he had to do an assignment over the weekend. And he actually, God bless him, he did it. He sent it in early. He like took it very seriously. His homework was sent in early? Yes. Um, But he's been married four times. And this marriage that he's in right now um it made me mad because this was the marriage that he like essentially like i felt very abandoned by that he left me for and your mom was number what my mom was number three wait our moms were both our dad's third marriage Ooh. and they've been married four times Uh, i never put that together never oh my god we just keep growing closer and closer and closer and closer get away from me it's like we're meant to be It's like we're in love. Well, good luck with therapy today. Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. It's time for our first round of What's Poppin'. It involves a lot of ladies that I really, really uh, admire and think are super, super talented. But uh, they're all doing things that seem a bit out of character right now. Michaela, what's popping? All right. Well, we know there's been a lot of drama between Britney Spears and Jamie Lynn Spears. Jamie Lynn did a Good Morning America interview. Britney Spears hit back, calling her scum, saying that she couldn't believe the lies that she was telling. Um, and also so, trying to sell her book is all, what she's accusing her of, right? Totally. Yeah. And so Rachel Zegler, who was one of the stars in West Side Story. Yeah, she's Maria. And getting ready mm-hmm. to star in Snow White, did a live read of her reading Britney Spears' tweets. And it was meant to be funny in a very dramatic way, but can't. But fans started canceling her. Take a listen. Jamie Lynn, congrats, babe. Stooped to a whole new level of low. I've never been around you ever with a knife or would I ever even think to do such. And the only knife I ever saw you with at home was cutting the biggest pieces of squash I ever saw in my life. And it was way too big for me to cut. So please, please stop with these crazy lies for the Hollywood books. Now and only now, I do know only a scum person would make up such things about someone. So this is really interesting. And I think that cancel culture sucks. But I don't know what Rachel Zegler was thinking. Because really, this is so sad. Britney Spears ended up making another letter. It was an open letter to Jamie Lynn after the tweets that she sent out apologizing to her sister. She said... I said some harsh things because you obviously hurt me by the things you're making up about me, but goes on to say, I admire you for being strong. I love you more than anything. And really is like opening up. We're dealing with so much mental health. And the fact that this is all being put on social media, they're still sisters. At the end of the day, they're still two women that are sisters. And it's really sad. Mm -hmm. And it's really dysfunctional. There's a lot of trauma here. There's so much trauma. There's a lot of truth. There's a lot of lies. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like Rachel, 
could have it's just in poor taste it's it's not funny and i think that anybody making fun of jamie lynn or britney spears right now even snl like it's just unnecessary it's dated it's not cool it's really sad yeah rachel this one makes me sad she's 20 years old by the way so she's still young she's making mistakes publicly she's dealing with fame for the very first time like like you said maria in west side story and she's set to play snow white those are pretty iconic roles she's in one of those eras those 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 little moments in her career where she's going to be the it girl for the next couple of years jennifer lawrence went through it Anne hathaway went through it uh we see we see starlets rise and then we like to see them fall that's kind of who we are as americans yeah. right i think that the way it feels like she's making fun of them now if you if you step back from it and take the mental health aspect of it all out of it if that's even possible maybe in the past it might seem like this is funny she's talking about a, a knife and cutting big pieces of squash there's there's some humor in that moment, right? But at the core of it, there's mental health issues taking place here. And people might who don't understand celebrity and what it must be like to be Britney and Jamie Lynn. And of course, we we don't understand on that degree because that's a whole another stratosphere of, of, of fame, right? These are two sisters who are really struggling and who are going through it. And, and, and I can relate in that my sister and I have been struggling for years and we often communicate through our mom. I communicated through a book as opposed to always taking it directly to my sister because I can't handle talking to her sometimes. So I think that's what they're doing and they're using what they know how to use and that's social media. Listen, and, and, it's, and it's sad to see. It's sad. It's so sad to see. And if you think like you really have to put this in context, imagine fighting with your brother or sister in your family, nobody knows you, you're not famous. It bothers you, it hurts your feelings, mm-hmm. it feels tough. Now imagine being the world's number one pop star. And millions of people are sharing their thoughts about your yeah. argument and about you constantly. And mm-hmm. fighting with your sister in that way. Like it's just crazy and I think it was in poor taste. And I was 20, I did stupid stuff like this. I probably would have done this at 20. Thank God Rachel social did. media wasn't around Thank the same way it is God. now. God. Listen, I still had my fair share of mistakes with social media. <laughs> uh, all right, coming up, this is a really... This is a really good story. Weaponizing incompetence. Have you ever pretended that you did not know how to do something just so someone else would take care of it? A woman went viral with an argument that she had with her husband and we'll discuss next. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Have you ever faked your own incompetence as a way of getting somebody else, maybe your partner, to do something for you? Uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> all day, every day. We've got a story that's gone viral uh, about this one couple uh, in exactly this scenario, and I can relate. I'm not saying that my partner does this to me, but I'm not saying that he doesn't. And we're having that conversation coming up in just a little bit. Also, a little bit later on in the show, we're going to be joined by our celebrity veterinarian, Doc Halligan, uh, talking about cats. We usually talk about dogs a lot when we talk about our pets, but cats, are they actually vindictive? Uh, do they deserve the bad rap that they get? Yes. I'm going to tell you now the answer is yes, obviously. <laughs> but Doc Halligan loves cats, so she might sway Listen, us. Our boss, Brian Holt, loves cats. He's going to kill us for this segment. 
If it doesn't kill you for the way you just adjusted that mic. Honey, we're transparent in 2022. It's a microphone. I got to move it. I got to get it up to my mouth. (laughs) I love how you don't think about that until we're on the air. That's what I love about you, Michaela Gordon, amongst other things. Also, uh, we've got an Omicron variant update for you. COVID-19, where are we in this pandemic? Where are we in the surge? We're joined by Dr. Amesh Adalja, uh, an expert on this topic, uh, coming up in our third hour today. So stick around for that as well. Currently, though, it's time for news on the beat. Michaela, is your mic ready? You good to go? Ready, honey. Take it away. Okay, so there's a university in Provo, Utah, announcing that university-owned portions of the famed Y Mountain are now officially off-limits for student protests and demonstrations. Last year, a group of LGBTQ BYU students lit up the Y in rainbow colors to call for greater acceptance on campus and calling out church teachings and rules regulating student behavior on campus. The new updated demonstration policy announced earlier this week bans such protests on Y Mountain in the future. Locations where demonstrations are prohibited, including any locations within university buildings, near places where minors and other vulnerable populations are present, and locations where safety is at risk, including university-owned portions of Y Mountain, the new policy reads. Students are also forbidden from taking part in on-campus demonstrations that contradict or oppose, rather than analyze or discuss fundamental church doctrine or policy, deliberately attack or deride the church or its general leaders, or violate the church educational system honor code because the expression is dishonest, illegal, unchaste, profane, or unduly disrespectful of others. Dishonest to who? According to whom? That's that such a, that's such a BS adjustment to their code. Yeah. You're allowed to have things if you if you want to have a discussion. You're allowed to have a protest, but not to disagree with the church teachings because those are fact. I mean, that's John stupid. Smith isn't that the founder of the Mormon Church? It's made up. It's a made up story. Now you can make that argument about every single religion on the planet yeah, if you really course. wanted to, but the Mormon faith was made up in in its document. But also, my friend who's like hardcore Mormon. Uh, was very relieved and excited because they started accepting LGBTQ people. Like they were starting to kind of ish, yeah. Well, at least where she not at BYU apparently. But 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 here we are, set back again. Like that's so sad because it was it was like a thing. Like Mormon people were starting to be like, yes, gay people are cool, and now at BYU, it's not cool. Just stupid. It's just like so. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's the difficult thing for gay people in religion. I feel like religion makes it seem like we're so bad, and that's why we have trouble well, having every any religion, kind of faith. Every religion acts like, oh, we want to have a discussion so we understand our faith and can go deeper, but every single religion also simultaneously needs people to accept everything they say as fact that you can't argue because maybe it's in the Bible or maybe it's in, in their church teachings, and, and a logical person understands that that's... If you can't, if you can't question something, the God that I believe in would want me to question everything. Yeah. Like you know, what I mean, I'm not a blind follower. That would make me a member of a cult. Yeah. So we're not drinking the Kool Aid, honey. Although I love great Kool Aid. I do love Kool Aid. I love the Kool Aid man. Slaps so I know good. It does. Okay, let's get into weather. I have 75 in La Quinta, 73 in Cathedral City, 52 in St. Louis, 41 in Chicago, 37 in Baltimore. 
48 in Seattle, 68 in Miami, 73 in Houston, 61 in Vegas, 64 in LA, and 36 in New York. Now give us a vibe of the day. Today is your opportunity to build the tomorrow you want. But seriously, is there Kool-Aid somewhere? Around? Can we get some Kool-Aid? I, know, I can go upstairs and see if there's any Kool-Aid. It's been years. Love Kool-Aid. Mm. It was so good. Uh, coming up, I relate to this story. Have you ever weaponized incompetence? Do you pretend like you don't know how to do something? Does your partner do it? Uh, yeah, I do all the time. And one lady did too, and then she went viral. Why didn't I get to go viral? I never get to go viral. Good morning, B. Channel Q. Let me introduce you to Bonnie. Bonnie is the latest uh, to sort of divide the internet. She posted a TikTok video. Bonnie's 31 years old and a disability advocate from the Midwest. Okay. Right? And she's married. And the thing dividing the internet is the fact that her husband will not learn how to do laundry. She's been saying for years, I'll put a whiteboard up in the laundry room. I'll write down the instructions, exactly what needs to be done, so you can always know how to do laundry. This guy is very capable in every aspect of his life. However, when it comes to laundry, he just plays dumb every single time, and she's fed up. So she took it to social media. Now, there are some other layers to this story. Uh, and some people are saying uh, some people are saying that he has weaponized his incompetence, which is a conversation that I definitely want to have. She also, though, has been through a series of, of surgeries, spinal surgeries. She almost died a couple of times. Um, and she has all sorts of uh, disabilities that she's dealt with her entire life, right? And so she says, due to both her internalized and external ableism, uh, she has heard things from people over the years like, well, you're lucky he stayed with you through all of this because you've got such health issues that you should count yourself lucky. You're blessed that he's stuck around. So then she's like, okay, um, I think that I accept less from him because I'm just grateful that he's still here. And now she's to the point where she thinks that maybe he does less now because she feels that way. So it's very complicated, very tricky. Well, But it brings up this idea, this sort of like this incompetence being weaponized. Yeah, I mean, listen, I've done it. I've acted like I didn't know how to do something so that Lisa would do it. I think we all have. The problem with this guy is that it's been for years. For years, she has tried to ask him to do laundry. For years, she's explained what to do. And he, like, messes it up. So then she's like, okay, I'll do it. So then she suggested, let's have a whiteboard. Mm -hmm. I'll write the directions. Well, she had the idea first, right? She she did first. And he said, no, he didn't want to do that. So then they went to therapy, and the therapist recommended putting up a whiteboard with the directions. And he was like, okay, I will. So then she's like, oh, got it. So when I suggest it, it's stupid. But when our marriage therapist suggests it, you're all for it. And then you want a cookie for it. But hello, we're talking about laundry. Like we're not talking about mm. some crazy one, like big thing. It's laundry. Like you have to do it. Yeah. And it's not that hard. Yeah. I think it's interesting because I've seen this play out in so many different ways over my life. When I was younger, I remember it was cool for girls to pretend like they were dumb, like they were airheads. Oh, I did it all the time. In the 80s and 90s, that was the thing. Girls wanted to be like airheads. They thought it made the boys more attracted to them. I understand now well, after being an adult. Well, it was this whole like, it was come like save the me. damsel, I'm a damsel in, in distress. distress. Yeah, I need your help. I need a man to do this for me. Totally. Which is why people hate people like a Hillary Clinton or like a strong woman like a Kamala Harris. It's why they drag them because a lot of men are so insecure. They don't like seeing a woman being able to do it for herself. And then there are other things that based on your gender... There are expectations of what you should be doing. It I'm, used to be that the wife did the cooking and the cleaning. 
Yeah. That was that's, it. I mean, that's how it was in our household. I'll tell you, I went to see my family a couple months ago <clears throat> when we buried my grandma. And I don't remember how it came up. But uh, my family was like, oh, Michaela can't parallel park. She can't even drive <laughs> because of like accidents that I got to when I was 16. And I was like, I know. And then Lisa was like. You're like, I'm 34 now. Yeah. But I just laughed it off. And Lisa goes, you're actually like, incredible at parallel parking. And I was like, I don't care what they think of me. Mm. Like. I didn't even care to say I'm good at it. I <laughs> was like, you're it. right. I suck at parallel parking. I would guess this guy's an only child. Because having dated a few, and as I prepare, prepare to marry somebody who's essentially an only child. Now, my fiance does have an older sister, but she's 18 years older. And so he was raised by himself. She was gone by the time he grew up. He doesn't really remember living with her ever. And... One of my frustrations for a long time in our relationship was I did all the cleaning, all the cooking, although he's really great at salmon and oatmeal. Those are the two things he can nail every time. Oh, and bacon. God, his bacon's so good. But I always did the cooking and the cleaning and all of those sorts of things. And I would get so mad. I would talk to my mom about it. And I would say, what, what am I supposed to do? She's like, stop doing it for him. I'm like, well, if I don't clean up after him and do his laundry, then it builds up and I have to also live in that. And I don't want to live in that. Yeah, that's Because I used to be a pretty messy person when I was younger. And I'm still not totally a neat freak. But I like to do these things. I also enjoy doing laundry. But then I would complain that he would not do it. But then if he would do it, sometimes I would complain that he would do it wrong. Well, see, that's so what I you think have to be that, careful. Yeah, so I think that I was actually making it harder for him. But sometimes that like – that – that incompetence that might not actually be incompetence, it might actually be laziness. I remember there's a running joke that one time, a couple years back, maybe it's a few years ago now, we'd lived together for years at this point, and he was asking me where the broom was. And I was like, in the front closet to the right where it's been for five years. Do you don't know where the broom is? So the joke is always that my partner doesn't know where the broom is. In actuality, he probably just didn't think about it in that moment and just whatever. And I've dragged him for it ever since. But I do think that people do that to a degree. Well, it's interesting because I used to, I was 27 when I met Lisa. And I was like, I didn't have anything when I met Lisa. Broke, no place to live. It was a whole thing. And so I've definitely let her, she does everything really good. And she's really clean and she's organized. And she and so likes just, to do it. She likes being she in likes charge. To do it. She's like me. So last year or maybe two years ago, I, it was more last year because I had started therapy and I went to Lisa and I was like, I'm going to start doing all of these things and stepping up. And then we had to get through with me stepping up and doing things. Lisa didn't feel as needed anymore. You and I had a conversation about this in the break room. I remember. Stepping up and Mm -hmm. doing things. And we had to navigate what it looked like with her like being super nurturing, doing everything to me then equally coming to the table. And now we're great. Like we're so, it's like tennis. Like I love our relationship. It just feels right. But to get there, it was insane. And it was crazy to think when I started doing laundry, she was like, am I still needed? Like it's, our mind is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Well, but- because you do oftentimes, and I can speak for myself and I think Lisa's similar to this because dynamics shift over the course of a relationship. At that same time though, you became sort of the sole breadwinner for a while the pandemic happened she was no longer I mean, working kind as much of, she's a, she's but a she dj still had money so it was like sure she still always has had way more money but than you me. can't just like throw money at everything do you know what i mean you, you like i think you put on your big girl pants the last couple of years and, yeah. and and sometimes that's a little bit shocking and there's a transition that takes place but also playing dumb so that your partner will just do stuff is not a healthy relationship. Just playing dumb in general, I think. It's something that I did for a very long time, even at the workplace, even just everywhere. And honestly, it was the 
dumbest thing I could you know, have done. the next done. time we do Red, White, and Q tomorrow, I'm not going to say a word. You're right. You're doing the entire conversation. You love politics now. No, it's not playing dumb. I just don't want to. If we could get rid of the segment altogether, I'd be so there happy. There is a difference. <laughs> Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. B Morning B Channel Q. Genderless clothing. Is it actually a thing? Is it a fad? Have we already been here? I'm talking to you, 90s. Come on, 90s. I remember this exact scenario taking place throughout my teen years. And you look to some of the most popular people in the planet, like on the planet, like artists like Billie Eilish for instance, who wears large baggy clothing all the time to sort of hide her body. And then when she does wear something sort of uh, provocative, people are in an uproar because she's showing off her body. Mm -hmm. And that's not what they expected from her. But uh, models and celebrities, uh, they're wearing dad-style outfits, Uh, the dad jeans, the boyfriend-cut jeans, the oversized jackets and hoodies, um, and sort of moving away from... What we've been in sort of the last 10, 15 years, like I'm still wearing skinny jeans, but apparently that's not cool anymore. Well, it's crazy because I've never really been one to stick with the trends. Also, I don't have the patience to like put pieces and clothes together. So for this album, I just hired a stylist and I was like, whatever you think, you know, should be the vibe. And they sent me back kind of genderless looks. And I was like... Okay, this is a vibe. Like, I'm into it. It's kind of cool. Well, there, it's interesting because, and I, I, I want to know your take on this. Is it actually genderless uh, or is it just like what's in, in, on trend right now? Because I'm looking at the photo of Bella Hadid, right? One of the biggest supermodels in the entire world. Uh, we know her for, for things like the Victoria's Secret fashion show where she's wearing the most feminine, classically feminine. I'm using air quotes right now. You can't see them. Um, little lingerie high heels strutting down the runway. And there's a photo of her back in December walking around New York City. Now, I kid you not, she looks like she's getting ready to go snowboarding. The I think she bag, is, the, literally. But 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 she looks kind of, everything is oversized. Everything is just more is more is more is more is more. And this is how we dressed in the 90s. I remember this look. Yeah. And I, I guess my question is, is it genderless? And also, for me, more importantly, does it cut both ways? Because... I think historically, at least in in modern life, women can wear whatever clothing they want to. But for men, it's a little bit different. Well, I think that's why it was so important that Billy Porter walked the red carpet in a gown. And I think that in 2022, I have seen so many men, most of my male friends or non-binary friends, always have their nails painted, have a fabulous skirt with sneakers on. Like where I come from, the men or non-binary people um, dress very feminine. So hot. I love it. I love it. Like we have a couple of friends, uh, Jake Dupree, perfect example. Obsessed. Burlesque dancer, non-binary. Their style is impeccable. Uh, Brandon Kyle Goodman, another one, good friend of ours, had him on the podcast. They've both been on the podcast. Uh, Also non-binary. Uh, uses pronouns he, them. 
and their style is wild and so good. And sometimes <clears throat> traditionally max masculine, sometimes kind of feminine. And I didn't realize until recent years that they both kind of turned me on. Like the first time I saw my fiance in high heels, I was like, okay, this is funny. You're doing it for a YouTube video and that was cute. But then I was like, hmm, I'm kind of into it. It's kind of hot. He wore high heels to an event we went to for the We're Here premiere uh, on HBO Max. And I was like, okay, you're you're terrible at walking in them, but it's kind of cute. Well, And so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious because I've always dressed pretty, I guess, traditionally masculine. I wear hoodies and sweats and jeans a lot. But we're doing a photo shoot next week with our publicist. And we have a stylist who is like one of the biggest stylists in all of Hollywood right now. And one of the looks is more edgy. And I'm like... I'm okay playing with a little bit of gender fluidity. And I wouldn't have said that earlier in my life. At age 41, I'm kind of like, eh, I'm down. Why not? But also this conversation that we're having is also not really being had so much, I think, with the younger generation. Also because I think we're coming into a place where like people are dressing like they're from the 80s and that's cool. People are dressing from the 70s and that's cool. Yes. Like there's just not one There's not one anymore. style anymore. It's, yeah. It's really personalizing your own style and mm -hmm. being comfortable in that. So like Bella Hadid can wear like a total suit and then you've got somebody looking like Farrah Fawcett and it's, sometimes it's a boy. And I prefer that mm -hmm. because... I think that everyone should just be celebrated for how they want to dress, not because it's fashionable. And one thing that this girl did the other day, and I'm obsessed with it, and I'm not going to do it anymore either. She has a lot of money. She, like, married a billionaire. And we're friends, and she's fabulous. And somebody said, well, if you're so rich, why don't you ever carry designer bags? And she said, because I wasn't always rich. And I remember looking at young girls and their designer bags wanting so badly to afford them, and I couldn't. Mm -hmm. And I don't want young women to think... Think that's the only way to stay fashionable sure. so i do not carry designer bags and i do not wear designer clothing and i thought that was so incredible because growing up i wanted to have designer things thinking that's what made you fashionable and it's not fashion is literally whatever you create and it so, doesn't need to be expensive so the birkin that i've been saving up for to get you you don't want it i just want to clarify now on the air i can i can stop my my payment plan what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna lay away sell it and put it towards my <laughs> album <laughs> the morning beat with aj and michaela channel q welcome back to the morning beat coming up in our next hour we're going to be joined by an expert uh, dr uh, amesh adalja the senior scholar from johns hopkins center for health security talking about omicron where we stand has it peaked or are we still climbing we're giving you an update on the global pandemic that we're all just sick of uh, coming up in our next hour. Also, we're going to be talking to uh, Doc Halligan in our final hour today about cats. We talk about dogs a lot, but cats, are they untrustworthy? Every time you say that, it reminds me of Don't F with Cats. Mm -hmm. Remember when that was like the biggest thing to watch? That week during the pandemic? God, and it was terrifying, little mm -hmm. freak. Remember, I think I was wild. Remember Tiger King? Cats have really had a moment this pandemic. Cats are really soaring. You want to know why? Because we're all at home and they're like, this is our domain. Get out. Yeah. They're ready for us to go they back are. to work. They are. Cats have so, I mean, catitude. They've got so much of it. Catitude. That's the thing. It is. Trademark it. <laughs> I have a lot coming up for you here on the Morning Beat right now, though. It's time for What's Poppin'. Michaela, what do you have for us? Okay, well, despite J.K. Rowling's controversial views on transgender issues, Harry Potter star Rupert Grint still considers her like family. 
He said, I liken J.K. Rowling to an anti-Grinch, said of the author in a new interview. I don't necessarily agree with everything my auntie says, but she's still my auntie. It's a tricky one. Um, uh, Listen, it's tough. Those kids, those Harry Potter kids, have known J.K. Rowling pretty much their whole lives. Well, they she were gave them so their entire young. careers. A thousand percent. And... I do feel like, because he's taking some backlash, people are hitting him now on social media pretty hard, uh, really criticizing him for saying that, but that's kind of family. Like, Mm. my family says and does things that I don't agree with, but they're still my family. I'm not going to drag them. And I think that actually it was a really important lesson that he uh, still said that that he loves her. I will say that um, it's very easy to just like, cut people off. I know because I do it very well. It's more difficult to actually work through things. It's, yeah, and people to love just don't those who are still it. problematic. Yeah, I watched the 20, uh, 20th anniversary special, the reunion, on HBO Max last weekend. And the nostalgia of it all, honey, it took me back. But one thing that really stood out to me is that they did not interview J.K. Rowling for any of it. Wow. All of the footage, they did reference her, and all of the footage was previously recorded, and it said Recorded in 2019 and recorded in 2018. They showed it on the screen every single time. It was almost to let you know, listen, we're not associating with her anymore, but she created this world. We can't we can't not acknowledge that fact. She has a lot of learning to do. She's made a lot of really transphobic comments and her belief systems do not line up. But I'm with you. Like, I have family members that kind of feel ways that don't align with who I am and what I believe. It doesn't mean I cut them out of my life completely. No, and cutting them out, like my therapist told me, I've been very transparent about this. She was like, Michaela, when you cut people off and you don't deal with them, that's still a form of running. So me and my dad are in therapy right now. I don't know if we're, we're going to ever have a relationship, but we're at least addressing the issues so that there can either be a moving forward or some closure. And that was a hard lesson for me because I'm very good at just stopping speaking to people. But I I think in 2022 especially, we have to just start. uh, If we don't, if we don't start having these conversations, everyone's going to be canceled. No one's going to be able to talk to each other. We would all get canceled for something eventually. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. you know what I mean? I've said things that are problematic. I know that. I'm a human. Yeah. Hello. All right. Coming up, we've got some updates on Omicron. It is not peaked, thankfully, but we have a senior scholar from Johns Hopkins Center joining us to discuss all these updates next. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. In just a moment, uh, Michaela, I know you do have an update for us on the latest on the pandemic, COVID-19, Omicron, yada, yada, yada. We're almost two years into this thing, uh, but she's not going anywhere anytime soon. The question is, have we peaked? Has Omicron finally hit a crescendo? Uh, The answer might surprise you, but uh, we're going to be joined in just a moment, in about 15 minutes, by Dr. Amesh Adalja, a senior scholar from Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security, and he's going to answer that question and others. But you do have the latest for us on Omicron and everything else going on in the world. What's going on in News on the Beat? Okay, well, in recent months, mobile COVID-19 testing tents and vans have sprouted on urban sidewalks and street curbs as demand has skyrocketed in response to the rapid spread of the Omicron variant. Some of the sites run by private companies offer legitimate, timely, and reliable results, but others are more like weeds. Fake testing sites put consumers at risk for identity theft, inaccurate, or missing test results, and financial losses if they're charged for the tests. 
which are typically free to consumers. Although test operators routinely ask consumers for health insurance information, asking for credit card numbers is not routine. Individual consumers typically don't have to pay out of pocket for a COVID-19 test because it is covered by insurance or by the federal government for people who are uninsured. However, some people are charged if the test isn't ordered by their doctor, is a rush service, or is performed by an out-of-network provide. All right, another news, new legislation went into effect in California requiring health insurance to cover the costs of at-home test kits for sexually transmitted infections, including HIV, syphilis, and chlamydia. Senate Bill 306 also called the STD Coverage and Care Act. It passed both chambers of the California Assembly in September and was signed into law by Governor Gavin Newsom in October. It made several health care updates to California's codes, specifically related to changes lawmakers felt necessary in light of the COVID-19 pandemic, including finding ways to address the rising STI rates in California. Currently, residents in Alabama and the District of Columbia can can request free STI test kits from public health departments, but insurances are not legally obligated to cover the cost. All right, another news, Jolene. The eruption of an underwater volcano near Tonga on Saturday was likely the biggest recorded anywhere on the planet in more than 30 years, according to experts. Dramatic images from space captured the eruption in real time as a huge plume of ash, gas, and steam was spewed up to 20 kilometers into the atmosphere and tsunami waves were sent crashing across the Pacific. The eruption and subsequent tsunami caused significant damage along the western coast um, and the New Zealand High Commission. Uh, what? Nuku? I don't know how to say that. Just Nuku- make it up. Nobody Nuku- knows. Nuku-Alafa. Nobody knows. Nuku-Alafa, honey. Uh-huh. That's what it says. <laughs> Listen, what I do know is that the volcano was crazy. A friend of mine took me to dinner this weekend and showed me what it looked like. Uh, he like pulled it up on this thing. It's He's like a science nerd and showed it to me. It was crazy. I mean, it's just crazy what's happening to Earth right now. Also, you could just Google it and see the image. No, it was or something look on different. Instagram. No, there was something. I don't know what it was, but he was able to like show what it looks like from the inside, and then it's crazy. It was trippy. It was trippy. Well, it's crazy. Also, you gotta you gotta think like whenever something like this happens. Remember the big eruption was it Iceland or Greenland a few years back, and it, it stopped air travel for like days because the smoke is so intense. We think oh, a volcano going off halfway around the world doesn't do anything. Like, we're, we're fine. We're yeah. on the other side of the planet. We're actually not. Yeah. And part of what makes the United or the United States, wow, the world sustainable is that we have an atmosphere, right? And we have an ozone layer and we have, and then things are trapped inside. That's good and bad. Because if we didn't have that, maybe the smoke could just go out into space. We'd never deal with it. But that's not how it works. It gets trapped. It spreads around the planet. And then things like flights or things like, uh, you know, animals die people could die if these things started to happen with any regularity we're goners and also tsunamis terrifying how often do we get a tsunami warning in california never because we think because there aren't any fault lines off the coast of at least southern california that we're fine while volcanoes can also create tsunamis we're just visitors honey we're just visitors on this planet we are not in control um, it's crazy. Listen, I there was this guy that I dated for a brief second, and one time he looked at me and he was like, you know, there's going to be a volcano, and when it erupts, the lava's going to come through, and it's going to ruin everything, and it's going to get you. And I was like, first of all, this is over. 
Secondly, I thought about that for like five years after. I was mm. like, the lava is going to get me at some point and we're all going to die by hot lava. Like, I really thought that's how it was going to end. You know what we should do? Watch Joe versus the Volcano. It's a classic film. Okay. You will love it. Great. <laughs> we're, having a, we're having a movie night. Okay, I love it. All right, let's do weather. It's going to be a high of 36 in New York, 64 in LA, 61 in Vegas, 72 in Houston, 70 in Miami, 68 in Phoenix, 37 in Baltimore, and 36 in Cleveland. Now give us a vibe of the day. Why'd you say Cleveland like that? You know that's my home know. state. I like to say it like that sometimes. Cleveland rocks. Cleveland rocks. Cleveland rocks. Here's your vibe of the day. Today is your opportunity to build the tomorrow you want. Think about that. What is it that you want for your future? I love that. You're not going to get it if you don't start working on it today. Amen, honey. Get to it. All right, coming up, a senior scholar from John Hopkins Center for Health Security is going to talk about Omicron. It is not peaked yet, and we're hoping it won't. Coming up next. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Now, as we're seeing cases of Omicron continue to surge, more than 800,000 new cases, new infections reported each day, the U.S. Surgeon General has warned that Omicron has not yet peaked. Uh, What does that mean for the pandemic here in the United States. Uh, is, is it a regional thing? Are we all in this thing together? Uh, is it going to peak on the East Coast sooner than the West Coast? Lots of questions. Here to give us some answers is Dr. Amesh Adalja, Senior Scholar of Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security. Dr. Adalja, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. So we, we've, we've learned a bit about Omicron, and we've all, we all feel like we're sort of experts as we try to wrap our brains around what this pandemic actually is, what's coming right around the corner, how long we're going to be in this sort of new normal. Uh, but there have been some, some positive things that we've learned out of Omicron and how it spread and peaked in other parts of the world. Can we use that information to make assumptions about what's going to happen here in the United States and where do we stand currently? I do think we can use that information to understand the trajectory in the United States. We know, for example, in places like South Africa, that Omicron took this really steep rise and steep decline that happened over a period of weeks, which was different from other versions of the virus where this usually happened over months. And I think if you look in the United States, some of the places that got hit first, Boston, New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, you're seeing peaking, meaning cases are coming down. Now, this is I think expected, and, and I think it's it's good news because it seems that what we saw in South Africa is something that probably applies wherever Omicron is based on social networks and how people get infected. But we still have to remember that the whole country is not on the same timeline. There's going to be peaks that are, that are somewhat varied in places that got hit with Omicron later. And some of the hospitalizations and the deaths that may occur will lag those cases. So when we see the cases go down, it still may be some time before you see that kind of translate into severe disease. But in general, it means that Omicron is not the same type of variant as Delta, for example, where we saw these months long uh, surges. Um, I'm happy that you said that not everybody in the country is on the same time frame, because I will say in December, I thought Omicron was absolutely peaking. It felt like everybody I knew had it or had some sort of variant. The hospitals are still full here. But I think that that does give us something to look forward to, knowing that Boston had their high moments and now it's starting to go down. Do you think that also has to do with uh, all the vaccines that people have gotten? I think that the vaccines are what keep people out of the hospital. With Omicron, 
because it is a, an immune evasive variant with mutations that get around some, but not all of the protection vaccines provide us, you'll see a lot more cases than, than you will see hospitalizations. The, the case to hospitalization ratio changes with Omicron, especially because in vaccinated people, it is a pretty benign disease. But there are still going to be high-risk individuals that, that are not vaccinated that still will need hospitalized. We also have a lot of people who will test positive for Omicron in the hospital for other reasons, which still takes resources, even if they're not completely there because of COVID-19. So it's going to be some time before hospitals get see the other side of this. That's going to be the critical thing we have to keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks to make sure that hospitals are well-resourced in terms of primarily staffing now. And, and that's what some of the, the federal plans and some of the state plans do with using National Guard and other assets to try and make sure that hospitals stay stay afloat. If you're just now joining us, we're talking to Dr. Amesh Adalja, senior scholar from Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security. Uh, now, Dr. Adalja, uh, it's this sounds like a, a, a cra- like a sort of a crass question, uh, but I think it's something that a lot of people are just wondering about. You know, at the beginning of this, we thought uh, two weeks, two weeks will be out, and then like um, okay, maybe six weeks, it'll be over. Now we're almost two years in. We're approaching that two-year mark, you know, uh, of the lockdowns, at least. It's been around for more than two years, this this pandemic has. But are we learning, based on what we know from this pandemic and other viruses and how they have spread, is there a preference? It, it is, and this sounds so weird, but as as an expert, would you rather see long, sloping curves like Delta that are more severe or sharp, higher peaks like Omicron that maybe are less severe? And is the sharper peak that also declines very quickly an indicator that where we are in the pandemic is changing and that we could be getting closer to the end than the beginning? Well, a couple of things there. First of all, it's important to remember that COVID-19 is not a disease that can be eliminated or eradicated. It's always going to be with us so long as there are humans on this planet. The goal is to tame it, to make it more manageable like other respiratory viruses. And when it comes to the size and slope of peaks, what we what we're going, it's it's arguable, which is preferable, because, you know, if Omicron, if the timing was different, perhaps it was happening not on the heels of Delta, where hospitals were already getting under pressure. It might have been a different story. But the thing is that the increase that the high peak maybe too much for many hospitals to handle, even if it's over quickly. Mm. So there's that issue. But in general, I think, yes, I think you, that Omicron does represent um, a turn in the pandemic, meaning we've now got an immunovasive variant that gets around immunity that can infect, and maybe it causes milder illness. And this may be what this eventually turns into. Something Omicron may be the first step down that road towards endemicity of what the strains of COVID-19 will look like We'll have to see if that's the case. But but the bottom line is, is that COVID is not going anywhere. And I think we have to use the tools that we have, vaccines, monoclonal antibodies, antivirals, rapid tests, to tame the virus, to make it something we can risk calculate around. And I think we're increasingly getting there. And indeed, for vaccinated pers- persons, we are there. Mm. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you uh, talking through this with us because we're still very much in a pandemic. And I think sometimes I even forget that. So thank you for breaking that all down. Imesh, uh, Senior Scholar at John Hopkins Center for Health Security. We'll talk to you soon. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Michaela, as much as I would love to spend this segment recapping that last song we just heard moments ago, uh-huh. uh, Whitney Houston and breaking down the choreography that my friend and I created years ago to that song. I've shown it to you. It's iconic. Um, 
that's that's not going to happen right now. Okay. Because we have something more serious to tend to. It's QAnon. Not just QAnon, but their beliefs that JFK uh, Jr., I believe, I would assume it's Jr., because JFK Sr., I can't imagine, or JFK Sr., who knows, uh, was disguised and at a Donald Trump rally recently. Uh, also, these QAnon members out of Dallas have floated the theory that John F. Kennedy, we're talking senior, right? He died in Dallas, by the way. Okay. 50, 60 years ago, is not only alive, but disguised himself as Donald Trump over the weekend to attend a rally in Florence, Arizona. And they believe this stuff. Okay. First of all, what? 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 I can't even tell the story without laughing. But it's an interesting thing when people want to believe something. When Mm. I sang on New Year's Eve, I sang after Lady Gaga. And she played upstairs and I played downstairs. And Lady Gaga didn't come downstairs that trip because she had to be very careful about not getting COVID. So she was like really, really strict. But people kept coming up to me and to other band members saying, I know I know that Gaga's here and she's disguised herself. She's down here because I could see by the fingernails. Wow. And I was like, okay, Queen. They were so adamant that Gaga was down there disguised. And she wasn't. She wasn't. It wasn't anything. She well, just wasn't. But the mind, the mentality. Once that you believe have, something, you can see anything. It doesn't matter. And and so so Trump was in Arizona to support uh, a gubernatorial candidate um, there in the state and was on stage. And people are saying, "Oh, he's not the right height. That's not really Trump. They think it's a body double. And it was actually John F. Kennedy." They also thought, based on some photos that are going around on social media, uh, that. Uh, JFK at one point was standing there with Carolyn Bissett, mm-hmm. Kennedy. Yeah. Okay. Also, they think they saw Tupac Shakur and Kobe oh Bryant. That's now, been that, going for so long. That one makes sense to me, though, because Trump supporters tend to be pretty white, and they, it's easy for those types of white people to confuse any person of color. Yeah, I think course. that they're all the same. They all look exactly the same. Because I tell you what, you go to my hometown, and you ask people, if I ask the question, do you think all black people look the same? Or do you think all Asian people look the same? Or do you think that all Latin X people look the same? The answer, by and large, would be yes. Not even understanding that in Latin America, there are blonde-haired people, black-haired people, brown-haired people, everything. Dark skin, light skin, all of it. But in major, major parts of the country, the Midwest in particular, and the Deep South, you would they, they think that everyone literally looks the same. But they, there's such differentiation between white people, though. It's very clear to tell who's like who's who in the white community. But all black people look the same, according to so many of these people. And that's what these QAnoners believe. And it's just wild to me to think that we're a place in uh, politically, uh, in social media, our news cycle, that in 2022, people are literally le- legitimately trying to make the case that a former president whose brains we saw blown out of his head on live television, right, in the 1960s, on that tragic day in Dallas, that he's actually not only very much alive, but has been in hiding since the 60s, 
and is actually now Donald Trump. So did they think that he was making cameos in Home Alone 2? Do they think that he had a successful show called The Apprentice for a decade well, just a waiting for this theory. moment? There's like a whole theory behind this. And it's crazy because I just moved and my neighbor upstairs, who I actually have come to like very much. He's very nice. He's like very protective. He thinks that the earth is flat. Yeah, he's a total conspiracy theorist. <laughs> and I can't get stuck with him too long because he goes in. Like he's like, you don't know what's about to happen. You don't even know what's about to happen. It's going to be crazy. Nobody's going to believe it. That's why people don't believe it. I have to protect myself. I'm leaving California. Like it's manic. And I and it's sad because I like him. Like I, he's so nice. And I don't know what's going on, but he believes it. And I'll be like, Okay, well, like, what about this? Uh, maybe I'll say, like, one thing. And he's like, no, I've done it. Manic. But they believe, it goes so deep. They believe that, like, they're, they're reptiles and, like, reptilian blood. And, like, JFK was able to just turn into Trump and they got rid of Trump for real. Like, it's so insane that it's hard to talk about. Because, oh, they think Trump's not even around anymore now. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a replacement. He's a body double for Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the that's the thing. The body double. What? It's wild. Can we try, Vanessa? Can we try to find an expert on either cults or conspiracy theories because they're all kind of the same thing, and sort of try to break down the psychology of all this? Because I understand times are wild right now. People are feeling uncertain about a lot. I get it. Trust me, I'm there with you. Therapy is how I cope, though. Therapy and rationale, not conspiracy theories that are obviously just insane. Yep, that's why. Let's wild. get an expert on. All right, coming up, I'm an expert on what's popping, and we are talking about <laughs> Kate McKinnon and Ariana DeBose performing a botched West Side Story. We've got the audio next. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, it's time for another round of What's Poppin'. This one is not just queer. It involves somebody we've had on our show who we love and adore, Michaela. What's poppin'? I know that's right, Ariana DeBose. We love, she was such a fabulous guest, and she was also a guest this weekend hosting Saturday Night Live, her first time ever. And she had probably the best musical monologue ever performed on the show. As she was introduced to the crowd, the actor and singer strutted and danced her way onto the SNL stage and dazzled in an all-silver ensemble. Uh, And Kate McKinnon joined her. Take a listen to Ariana singing. That's pretty good, Kate. I've been on Broadway. Oh, you have? Yeah, like the sidewalk. I feel pretty. Oh, so pretty. I feel pretty and witty and gay and I pity (laughs) any girl who is in me today. So good. Oh, it's so good. The iconic part there that you can't see because we're radio is that they fist pump at that moment where they say gay. It's it's a line from I feel pretty. And just for reference, she I mean, she's gotten the Golden Globe uh, nomination. She could win an Oscar for her portrayal of Anita yeah. in West Side Story, and she's openly queer. Uh, she was on our show for The Prom. Remember, came out a couple yes. years ago, Ryan Murphy uh, with Joe Ellen Pellman. She's just fantastic. She's so fabulous. Um, and I love Kate McKinnon. But there's another part, though, that kind of, for me, can I just take over your What's yes, Poppin' for a moment? Yes, absolutely. There's a part uh, right after this that takes place that reminds me so much of you and some of the crazy voices that you do. Take a listen. <laughs> Such 
It's a very on brand it's for so, me. I love those weird, so wacky you. voices. Well, if you think about the, the lines, the lyrics of I Feel Pretty, they're sort of absurd. And to have like these two queer women perform it on SNL is just iconic. It's iconic. It's so I love it so much. And I love that they're together and they are two very fierce Say that line ladies. for me. Say that line for me. The Sing that line. They just sing. I feel pretty. I'm pretty and gay. <laughs> The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Coming up in our final hour, we're talking to our celebrity veterinarian, Doc Halligan, about cats. Believe it or not, we usually talk about dogs, but we're talking about cats because there's a story of a cat uh, holding something hostage that makes us uh, wonder, are they actually just vindictive? Is there a cat out there that's kind? Is there a way to find a nice cat? If you're Listen, into cats. People are obsessed with their are. cats. They are. I'm obsessed with the pussycat dolls, yeah. but that's all I care about. I'm going to give Doc Halligan a chance to convert me coming up in about 15 no. minutes. And if you're on board with that, join us. Also, a little bit later on this hour, we're sharing uh, and Tell Me Something Good, the story of a woman, a modern woman in my home state of Ohio, who has done something on LinkedIn uh, that has people cheering from the rafters, from the balconies. They're I just know. so proud of this woman. We're sharing that at the end of our show and tell me something good. And Michaela's going to pay a little tribute to her grandmother and to my grandmother and all grandmothers, whether they're with us or not. Yeah, because they're angels. Such angels. Some of them literally because ours are both dead. So they are actually angels Listen now. to me. They are really angels mm-hmm. because the work that Vivian Cavaricci is doing from Havon oh, for me. Same. I'm a star. Mine has been sending me so many messages lately. Yeah. And I fully believe that. Yeah, I totally too. I do. I think so. I think it's because she also just wants me to make an album with her name on it. Mm-hmm. So she's like, here's everything you My need My grandma wants me to write that, that, that film that I wrote that is actually based on her life. So. I love it. Our, our grandmas just want to be famous through us. Our gra- Stop writing their coattails, Grandma. Grandma, what are you doing, Biff? Anyways, it's going to be a great hour here on The Morning Beat. Okay. Right now, though, it's time for News on the Beat. What do you have for us? All right. Well, a lot's going on last uh, in Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah. They announced that university-owned portions of the famed Y Mountain are now officially off-limits for student protests and demonstrations. Last year, a group of LGBTQ plus people, uh, students, lit up the Y in rainbow colors to call for a greater acceptance on campus and calling out church teachings and rules regulating student behavior on campus. The new updated demonstration policy announced earlier this week bans such protests on Y Mountain in the future. Locations where demonstrations are prohibited, including any locations within university buildings, near places where minors and other vulnerable populations are present, and locations where safety is at risk, including university-owned portions of Y Mountain. The new policy reads, students are also forbidden from taking part in on-campus demonstrations that contradict or oppose rather than analyze or discuss fundamental church doctrine or policy, deliberately attack or deride the church or its general leaders, or violate the church educational system honor code because the expression is dishonest, illegal, unchaste, profane, and or unduly disrespectful of others. Get over yourselves. It's just so crazy that we can, on one part of the world be like celebrating excited things are great we're moving forward and then there's still just these really dated beliefs and it all has to do with religion it's just crazy religion is the root of all evil it really is and i believe in god and i consider myself kind of a christian so i don't know what that says i know all right the eruption of an underwater volcano near tonga on saturday was likely the biggest recorded anywhere on the planet in more than 30 years according to experts Dramatic images from space captured the eruption in real time as a huge plume of ash, gas, and steam was spewed up to 20 kilometers. 
into the atmosphere and tsunami waves were sent crashing across the Pacific. The eruption and subsequent tsunami caused significant damage along the western coast of the main island. Uh, a thick layer of ash remains across Tonga Tapu, the statement said. That's just super scary to think about. I always thought that volcanoes were like a myth. You know how if it's like far enough away from you, you just don't ever think it's going to happen to you? And other worlds, like, no, it's coming. And you're like, oh, great. Okay. So you just skipped like all of elementary, junior high, and high school? Like when you talked I was about on things American like Idol when I was 16. That's fair. That's fair. I was learning about volcanoes when I was like nine, and I was so super fascinated with them. They're going to kill us all someday. I didn't find it as fascinating. I, yeah. I was really just more into choir class. Mm-hmm. I knew that volcanoes could happen. I just didn't think I'd ever be near one. Yeah, we're all goners. I remember when was it, what was it that went off? Uh, Mount St. Helen went off back in like the 80s or something like that. I remember just being so fascinated by that. And make sure that's right. Was it Mount St. Helen? We looked that up for me, Vanessa. Um, but I love them so much. When I was in Hawaii, I was on Kona a few years ago. And there are lava tubes that form over, because like all the entire Hawaiian islands are just lava. There's volcanoes that erupted and made these islands in the middle of nowhere, right? No. And most of the most of them are dormant, though. No. Well, they flow out to the ocean so quickly sometimes that they create these pockets underground that become lava tubes. The top cools because the air is so cool, and then it stops in the ocean. So there's these massive tunnels underneath the entire island. They're totally legal. They're t- completely shut off. Well, a local took us out there one time. We marched out into a lava field, a dried lava field, climbed down into these holes in the ground. And swam like basically went spelunking through these underground lava. Terrifying. The water though is ice cold and so crystal clear because it's just rainwater. There's no salt in it. There's no fish. There's nothing living down there because it's pitch black. I tell you, I've never been so scared or thrilled in my entire life. There were parts where we had to go under underground underwater again under the rocks, where he would tell us, "Look, about 15 yards that way, there's there's air again. You just have to swim underwater for a while to get to it." And we did it. That's and crazy. And it was a blast, and we could have died. Oi vey! That's my experience with the no way. lava. Uh, the was... San Helen volcano was in 1980. 1980? In Seattle. See, I was born in 1980. I remember hearing about it. Oh, that was, was that child. Vanessa's little voice on air? Maybe. Come Vanessa, on, Vanessa. you're famous. Vanessa, What's the say weather? anything you want. You give the weather, Vanessa. You Today start getting... is going to be hot and lovely. <laughs> <laughs> that is not accurate. <laughs> it's going to be not that, but I love Vanessa on the mic. It's going to be 72 in Houston, 73 in Palm Springs, 61 in Vegas, 64 in LA, mostly cloudy, and 36 in New York. Now give us a vibe of the day, babe. Today is your opportunity to build the tomorrow you want. If you have a dream, start working on it right now. You'll be amazed how quickly things can come to fruition if you just try. We love that. All right, coming up to Cats Hold Items Hostage. Yes. We're talking with Doc Halligan Don't trust next. <laughs> the Morning Beat Channel Q. So here at the Morning Beat, we make no qualms about the fact that Michaela and I were dog people. A She's got two, percent. I've got one. If you would ever tell me that Kingston is not, in fact, my son, my birth son, I'll fight you to the death. Right? We're very proud pet parents. Yes. But sometimes uh, we forget that there are other pets namely cats. And if you're a cat person, you don't like that about us. So we're trying to give cats an opportunity here because this story caught our attention. It is wild. Uh, There's a couple by the name of Jessica and Nikki. They are wives. They've got three gorgeous cats, right? I may be allergic, but I I can still see beauty. These cats are beautiful. 
Well, they got a really great Black Friday deal uh, on a Vitamix blender. Those things are expensive. They plan on making healthy shakes and smoothies, maybe some homemade soup, right? Uh, the problem is that the blender arrives around Christmas time, and they have not been able to open the box because they set it, sat it down just momentarily in the kitchen on the floor, <laughs> and the three cats decided to declare a turf war. They sit on and around this box in a way that these these women have not been able to open it for over a month now. They started the social media account, had 25 followers. They now have over 25,000 followers. Oh, people are obsessed with stories like so, kissing so cats. Here to help us make sense of it all and maybe sort of get into the psyche of these these three cats is our celebrity veterinarian, Doc Halligan. Doc, how you doing? Hi, good morning. I'm Hi. great. This story's wild to me. But now, first of all, like, there's never going to be a cat in this world that's not going to let me open my things. Like, those are my belongings. Even Rocco, as much as I love Rocco, don't try to stand in mommy's yeah, way. Yeah, what's going on, Doc? Well, you guys, I am a cat person. I, I have cats. Neither one of you guys have cats, no, right? No, nope, Well, nope. I'm and allergic. So I think, Same. Okay, well, that's okay. But so this is the beauty of cats is all these people that are are now engaged in this play, if you will. Cats are just entertaining as all get out. You could be having suicidal thoughts the worst day, but if you have cats and a box, okay, a box, that's it. Because there's something about a box with cats, and every cat owner will tell you, you open up a box, you set a box down, they're on top of it, you open up, they're in it, doesn't matter the size of it. Um, And so, of course, this owner, yes, she could... She could be like, hey, get off of that. But the whole point is it's so entertaining to watch them, <laughs> you know, play with this box. And, and like, you know, like you said, you know, people that aren't cat owners, too. I mean, some I, I, I love dogs, too. I, but I'm saying some of the funniest cat videos are just from, you know, cats doing what cats do. They're very... Um, you know, they're just whimsical. They have these crazy little things, whereas dogs, um, you know, they're not, they don't have the same type of personality as a dog. Dogs are more needy. When I have my dog, you know, Duke, you know, it's like having a little person with me, a right? A thousand percent. Whereas, right, right. But cats, I get a lot of love for my kitties, but it's definitely not the same human-animal bond. Well, it's crazy because my, uh, who I lovingly call my mama, uh, Skye, she was never a cat person. And we used to have a wardrobe lady who would watch cat videos while we were on stage. She was obsessed with them. And we kind of like low-key mm-hmm. made fun of her. We are like, girl, get over with the cats. Uh-huh. Skye. When her mom passed away, she got a cat, like, this cat kept coming around. So finally she was like, fine, come into my home. Heard this cat, and now the other cat, Hot Fries and Hot Mess, those are their names. (laughs) This woman is up there, her children. She loves these cats more than she loves people, and she's also allergic, and she doesn't care. She would rather sneeze and not be able to sing as well just to have these cats around her because she says they mean everything to her. Well, I think it's good news for women that have cats because there's a stigma. There used to be. If you had more than three cats, you were undateable. Guys, yes, that is like the a crazy rule. cat oh, lady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The crazy cat lady. But now you're seeing crazy cat men. You're seeing the <laughs> evolution of men who, guess what? You don't have to walk a cat. 
Okay, you don't get disrupted in the middle of the Super Bowl. Oh, I got to take you for a walk, right? Uh, that that's the beauty of the cats is that you know they're pretty self-contained and they do love you. It's all you know. I always feel I always felt like people with commitment issues did better with the cats. That's real, and I will tell you this: I I live in a tenth floor on the tenth floor of my building, and that week or so in Southern California when it rained cats and dogs awful. during Christmas mm-hmm. was the mm-hmm. most miserable week to take my dog out five times yeah. a day. It sucks it's living so in impossible. Okay, so here here's yep. the thing: we're very allergic. Are there actually cats that? people who are allergic are, are okay with because people always say oh my cat's not yeah. like that and then i'm allergic to it are there actually yeah. cats for people like me and michaela absolutely because what people are allergic to believe it or not is a protein in the cat's urine and saliva it's not the dander everyone thinks oh it's a no it's so genetically there are some cats that that protein is a lot more antigenic meaning someone can come over uh, to you can go to one person's house with a cat and you don't sneeze, but you go to another person's. That's so and you true. Sneeze. Yep. So they bred these. There are certain breeds of cats that have less of that uh, protein that triggers it. And of course, you know the Sphinx. You know the Sphinx kitties mm-hmm. with no hair that are just uh, god awful, ugly looking, crazy, alien looking. Um, you know they don't. They don't. They, they tend to be. Because uh, they don't uh, have as hair, because what happens is they clean themselves, and the saliva, the protein is on the hair. Mm. And where does the hair go? Everywhere. That's so, why. A couple oh. things you can do. You can get a HEPA filter. If you take a warm rag and you wipe your cat like three times a day, huge difference. Brushing them religiously. I mean, I have cat allergies. I had to take antihistamines. For years, and then my body now finally goes, okay, whatever. But, I mean, there's ways to get around it, the allergies, because it can be a problem if you fall in love with someone. Yeah. And, they have a cat, and you have allergies. Think about it. Yes. Okay. I actually had something horrible to say, and I'm not allowed to say it on air, so I'm just going to keep Uh-oh. playing that side. <laughs> Thank I you so much, Doc. I adore you, Doc Halligan. Thank you for joining <laughs> okay. us. You can, Thank uh, you, guys. Have more, a great week. You too. Bye. Any questions, go to JackHalligan.com or download her podcast, Unleashed. Tell me something good. Michaela, I know you can relate to this first story, as can I. Maybe not to the same degree, but... If you're anything like me, you're probably raised by parents or family that said, oh, don't get tattoos. You can never work. Absolutely. You've got a whole sleeve. You've got tattoos. How many tattoos do you have? Oh, so many. I have uh, almost a full sleeve. Yep. And I have uh, one on my lower back, my hip, everywhere. Well, I've got a little one on my right wrist and one on my left shoulder that my mom told me at the time, like, you'll never get to work. You'll never, ever be hired anywhere because of this. Right? And that was the reality back in the day. But one woman... Uh, actually from my home state of Ohio. Her name is Jessica Leonard. She is now going viral on LinkedIn. Now, LinkedIn is sort of like the professional version of Instagram. It's where business people go, and I've got an account. I don't use it that often. I'm not that professional, to be fair. Well, she posted her uh, updated business headshot on there, and there's two options, one with her with a nice blouse and a jacket, but another one with her in the same blouse and a pencil skirt, and the blouse is sleeveless. She's got two full tattoo sleeves, though, on both arms, and LinkedIn is loving this. She's 36 years old. She's received over 30,000 reactions and nearly 3,000 comments supporting her uh, for showing off her assets 
on LinkedIn. I love that. Gone are the days where to be a business professional, you have to be tattoo free. That just seems absurd. I, it seems crazy, it seems, and I think it's totally unfair. Right. I'm proud of us. We're, 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 this is progress, people. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so yesterday, uh, I took to my Instagram, as everybody knows, I'm preparing for the release of my album, Vivian. Released on my grandma's birthday. So I did a post asking what people's favorite memories were. And I was able to talk about a time when my grandma was the person I came out to. And she was just so loving and incredible. Considering she was Italian Catholic. She was like perfect. I watch these stories at like 4.30 in the morning in bed today. I love so it. Cute. Aren't they so cute? Uh-huh. And people's so memories with their grandmas. Right. Everybody has a Vivian. That's the what one I'm about learning. talking about all her friends who are dead now. Totally relatable. My grandma used to do the same thing. Yeah. Oh, I remember her. She's dead, dead. now. Oh, him. Oh, he died yeah totally (laughs) totally so this story is really sweet grandparents are sending a message to their grandson after finding out he's gay simon crowther is a british civil engineer who specializes in water and flooding um and he's very 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 smart he made it uh into forbes under 30 um but he decided to come out to his family and his grandparents jill and bill stop the grandparents names are jill and bill imagine being jill and bill that's so cute they said, hello, Simon. We learned from John when he came around with Grandpa's birthday present that there was an excellent article recently about you and how you built your business. Apparently, you reported that you had come out as being gay to your family when you were 21. Obviously, it was decided to keep it from us for it might upset us. Do not worry. We are not upset. In fact, I had already worked it out for myself, but Grandpa didn't know. Don't worry. You are still the same Simon to us. This news alters nothing. We want you to know that you are still our grandson, and we love you just the same. We have not mentioned this to Mom or Jenny, so this message will be as big a surprise to them when you tell them as it will be to you. I'm so glad we now know. Enjoy your life. Oh, my God. Grandma's always figure it out sooner. Grandma's always now. Grandpas are clueless. Grandma, Lisa's grandma was the first person to ask Lisa. Mm. Grandmas always know. I had a conversation with a friend of mine over the weekend about just the relationship that people have with their grandmas and it feels like there's no relationship like a grandma. None. Because moms are trying to figure it out. By the time you're a grandma, you're so nurturing. You just know what to we do. We just get the best parts of them. Yeah. Our you parents are trying important. to pay bills and support, like uh, put food on the table. It's a yeah. lot. It's a lot. It's interesting because my grandmother, when, she, when I came out to her, she got a gift from my boyfriend at the time. She, it was a re-gift from a cousin of mine. It was a jewelry box, but she gave it to him for his birthday. And I was like, that was just the sweetest thing in the entire world. I Grandmas love. are the best. Grandmas are the best. I love you, Vivian. All right, well, we have a great show for you tomorrow. As always, we're starting the week. I'm so happy we're back in studio. Vanessa, you killed it. Our producer, AJ, you killed it. Good job, honey. Tomorrow's, Michaela, you tomorrow's, killed it. Tomorrow's Wednesday already. Tomorrow's Wednesday already, Starting the week. And we love that news. <laughs> Thank you, as always, for listening. We'll see you then. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 